This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies presented by ESPN. I am Matt Bungard and with me today, Nick Campton. Hello. Footy is good. Mate, an absolutely fantastic round of rugby league, two teams excluded, one of which <laughs> one of which you support. But yeah, other than that, um, just a fan, one of the best rounds I can remember. Like, just just great stuff. We mm. sort of it was one we had everything. You know, yeah. we had stylish blowouts from from red hot teams. We had low scoring grinds that went down the last the last minutes or beyond the last minutes. We had high like high scoring shootouts. That were decided at the death. Just a, a game for for every sort of rugby league predilection yeah. out there, which is great. We can have it all. You, you really can. Yeah. If people tell you you can't, they're lying to you. Um, but Ricky Stewart only has an empire of dirt because Penrith fifty three, Canberra twelve. Um, just let it all out. I mean, it's it, it's been three days, so like you know, you, you've probably got the most raw and base of your emotions out of your system. You, I assume you went up into the mountains for a day or two just to scream over the weekend. So you haven't actually seen any of the other games yet, so the rest of the show will be interesting. But It's um, important to cleanse yourself. Yeah, I would have thought so. Um, you did think you were going to lose this game. I think my pregame prediction was like 31-6 to 6 or something, and you said similar. Um, I mean, I knew it would be bad, but it just got a bit memey at the end, didn't it? Like with the, well, the tries you were letting in, particularly the last one. If you listened to the preview show last week, you would have heard that I had no confidence in Canberra no, well, yeah. going into this one at all. I thought Penrith were going to win and I thought they were going to smoke Canberra pretty easily um, just because that's kind of what they've always done ever since they became what they are, what they have se- what they have become in the last couple of years. But after this game, I was still extremely pissed off. I was a lot more pissed off than... I thought I would be, and I think the reason for that is because Canberra were in this game for the first half. Mm. They matched it with Penrith physically. Um, They created more chances than Penrith. Penrith didn't have a line break in the first half. Both their tries came off kicks and came from poor old Seb Chris just being out of position, which is something we've spoken about a few times over the last couple of weeks. He's trying really hard at fullback, but he doesn't have much of a feel for the position, and Penrith just exploited that for their two tries, but... Canberra were, were 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 right in it and were taking it to them and were playing pretty well. And if Jamal Fogarty scored that try just before half time, mm. which he absolutely should have scored, then all of a sudden it's twelve all at the break and you know, who knows what happens from there. But that's what makes what happens in the second half all the more disappointing, you know. It was I think that second half is is one of the most embarrassing halves I've seen Canberra play in a really long time. I, yes. I think you have to go back to maybe 2021. They had a game against the Titans at home where they got done like 44-6. Mm. And it was absolutely horrible. But that this was a little bit different because that loss to the Titans was listless. That was just part of a kind of lost season where things went bad and things stayed bad. But because Canberra showed that they could match it with Penrith for a while and then when it got too hard, things just fell apart so badly, that's probably the most frustrating the most frustrating part, and Penrith did what they always seem to do to Canberra. They they like physically punked them, you know. They just sort of tossed their hair like they were little brothers, and they said, "Oh, that first up, that was cute, mate. It was you, 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 you know, you really took it to us for a little bit there, but this is how real teams play. This mm. is how you, this is how you we, actually do it." And Canberra were totally humiliated, totally emasculated. They went for nearly a point a minute in a half at home, you know. And I'm not telling anyone they what they don't already know when 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 i say this everybody who would have watched the game saw how badly canberra just got totally smacked around but i think this is the game that will spring a few changes in canberra i don't think the seb chris stuff at fullback can continue like i said he's trying hard but there's just no feel for the position at all and being out of position for the two tries in the first half is one thing failing to get to that ball um for the nathan cleary try getting beaten to it by lindsey smith the front row up can't be having that. There needs to be a new fullback this week. I don't yeah. really care When's, who is. Savage is. on? Is he at all close? I have no idea. Okay. Um, I think he still might be a week or two away, but they can't have Seb Chris there again. I think Corey Harawira and Naira probably needs to spend some time in reserve grade. He had a really, really poor defensive game. He's had a really poor season. Um, Elliot Whitehead was really bad in the middle of the field, missed seven tackles, and he's meant to be sort of like the line rush though like leading the line the defensive force in the middle i just don't know if he's got the motor to do that anymore given how many miles he has on the belt harley smith shields really struggled again at left center jordan rapiner had a shocker on the wing 
Um, I think there's going to be some changes from this game, but I couldn't tell you what they are because mm-hmm. Canberra's roster construction is actually pretty weird. They don't have a whole lot of second rowers to choose from. The only genuine edges at the club are Harawira and Ira, Whitehead and, and Hudson Young. Everybody, like all the other forwards are just middles. Um, so I don't know what changes they'll make, but I do think they have to make some changes and things don't get any easier for them this week. Going up to Brisbane to play the Broncos, I wouldn't. I wouldn't back him with with your money. You know, I don't. Thank guys, you. don't worry about the Patreon this money this week. It's not going on the Raiders. You know, so it's um and and all of a sudden after they lose this week they'll be looking up and they'll be one and five and it's looking like this could be a really really long season and I feel like they've just made it so hard for themselves through these first few weeks that they're not going to be able to take advantage of the good draw they have over the rest of the season. So yeah, I'm in a pretty bad place with Canberra mm. um, and I don't even really know what I want them to do to fix it. The only thing I can say to make you feel even a little bit better is that you were very much in a similar headspace after like eight or nine weeks last year. And with that kind draw and getting guys back from injuries, you did turn it around in the second half of the season and come back and make the finals. So maybe you can do that again. But right now, yeah, it seems pretty grim. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great. Um, the Tyrone Peachy try, another quite embarrassing one. And then the the lot, lo- like play, like the players that missed him are better than those efforts. I can't imagine, like, just given the storyline and all that stuff. Like the the salmon try has to be one of the real just low points for you. It it, it, it really is. Raiders it fan. really is for a couple of reasons. One, of course, Penrith were going to try and get him to score a try. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, they were going to do that. We know, like, we know what Penrith are like. Penrith don't mind being a bit vindictive and they don't mind twisting the knife or whatever and that's fine you earn that you earn the right to do that when you're up by 50 points or whatever so Canberra should have known it was coming um but the, to concede it like that one off a scrum straight past Harawira and Naira it was clear that Salmon just wanted that more than any Raiders player wanted to stop it and it's embarrassing and it's it's humiliating that something like that could happen and because this is a problem of Canberra's own creation, you know. I think I think Ricky Stewart would admit that he should have known better and he should have controlled his emotions more last year. And net, when, when he when he did call Salmon a weak gutter dog, and now it's something that's going to follow them. It well, it, it follows them every week, doesn't yeah. it? Royce Hunt, yeah, yeah. Like Royce Hunt was making fun of him after he got punked himself by calling Horsburgh a weak gutter dog, you know. And yeah, it's it's it, to me it's just the 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 classic downside of the Raiders. They just they create the rod for their own back so many times. There, there was they some. Just, there was some personal growth. No one talked about an ambush this time. So. Uh, well, I guess. I guess that's great. Silver line. Would you like to join our support group for teams that conceded forty and a half to Penrith? <laughs> we we meet on Tuesdays. You won't know the game we conceded forty to them either. Um, it was the dicking in Dublin. No, wasn't it wasn't. I oh, wasn't. It? Yeah, no. What was it? It was in late 2010. South needed to win to make the finals. Oh wow, okay, that's and they much were up 40 back. nil at half time, and yeah. Sam McKendry scored a try. It was oh, a nightmare. Man. Yeah, that's tough. yeah. They only got like 36 and a half against and only 36 <laughs> losers. Um, yeah, dude. Um, this week's going to be really rough. But um, you do you get what you get White and back this week or next week? Um, I think next week. Uh, like against so the Broncos? Frawley or? broke his hand, so Brad Schneider's Yeah, gonna, that's the other issue. What a terrible way for Matt Frawley's undefeated run as Canberra 5-8 yeah. to come to a close. But you could say it's still there. because did he, did he finish the game? I can't remember. Oh, I don't know, man. I can't, so you can I, say I, he got hurt. I got he, he got hurt. It's yeah. null and void. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, let's let's talk about Penrith a little bit. Yeah, of um, course. I, think I, I do actually think this is, could be an important performance for them. Well, they nev- you very rarely see them... Absolutely dust the team like Well, this. they've only scored 50... Since the start of 2020, they've only scored 50 points twice. Yeah, right. Twice. So it doesn't... It's what not, was the other one besides Dubbo? Uh, they, the Sharks in the Charlie Staines game. Oh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, So they don't do it all that often. And I think it was important for them to have sort of a breakout attacking performance um, just, just because through the first month of the competition, they had struggled a little bit in that department. I think this is the first game where they scored more than 20 points all season. Um so for, from a Panthers perspective, I guess it was be, it was really good to see that left side um, come to life. Tongo had his best game of the year. Toto had his best game of the year. Um, big shout out to Andrew Voss for dropping a Scott he doesn't know That's in the great. lead up to the, to the Taruva try. Um, and yeah, I think they've really found something with Zach Hosking on the, on the right edge. I think it's pretty clear that he's got to stay in the team in some form. Maybe Liam Martin switches to that left edge and, 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 and fills that um, Lugana, that Lugana we hardly role. knew you. But uh, yeah, I thought Penrith took some took some really good 
steps forward in this one. Sorensen so, was also very good. Oh, and he's, mate, he's and that's a guy good. who's off contract this year, I believe. So yeah. he, he's a guy who could get a pretty juicy offer elsewhere, I think. I, 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 do, I do think that is uh, in the offing. But I know that after 2021, the Knights tried to get him over the offseason yeah, right. and he turned him down. I think he took less money to stay... At Penrith because they, I think they, he feels like they pretty much saved his career and he feels like he owes them a that's little fair. bit. But I think he could be a, I think he's a starting caliber player and that's the one thing that Penrith aren't going to be able to give him. So there's a lot of blokes, a lot of teams that could use him. Mate, Canberra could use him. Canberra mm. had him if you, like a few yeah. years before he come up at Penrith and just let him slip through their fingers. Kind of. How do you feel about that in general? Because like there was like honestly at the start of last season we talked about Canberra having like the best forward pack or like at least the most depth in their forwards. And now you're talking about needing Scott Sorensen to come down and, and help oh, out. Oh, well, they just they just need edges. Yeah. I, I think their their middle their middle rotation is is should still be one of the best in the league. But like I said, it's it's a matter of roster construction. Mm. The fact that they only have three blokes who have played second row, three blokes with first grade experience at second row is not good. No, not good. Which is, it just doesn't give you any options and doesn't give you any coverage. And they've tried to turn Trey Mooney, who's a young front row, they tried to turn him into a second row. So they've tried to sort of engineer their way out of the problem, but it hasn't quite worked, you know. So anyway. All right. Uh, moving on to continue the da- double header of sadness. Yeah, it was a real sad boy Friday, wasn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, South Ten, Melbourne eighteen. Um, I'm. I'm lodging an official... It doesn't seem fair that Xavier Coates has been a punchline for like a year and a half, <laughs> and then he does that. I, I actually think it should be illegal. The results should be overturned. That's not fair. Were you at the game? Yeah. Why didn't you call the police? I should have called... The, that kick was right in front of me as well. Oh, I was man. like, this isn't this isn't fair. Yeah. That was a great kick. That should've, was a great try. Called the law. Fantastic try. It was. It was... Um, This was a real throwback Melbourne performance they for me. They made so like, many tackles. I know. Like... I think in the last couple of years, this is just me speaking personally, I mm. think I've begun to associate Melbourne a bit more with kind of their dazzling attack and with Munster and Hughes and Grant and Pappenhausen all attacking through the middle and putting on great tries and all that. Um, but the foundation of the Craig Bellamy Melbourne dynasty was always on defence. You know, even before Smith and Slater and Cronk and Inglis and all them, even before they all came superstars, Melbourne were always a really strong defensive team and I but I, I couldn't remember the last time they had a win like this where they just battened down the hatches and just tackled and tackled and tackled and they really showed a little bit of that iron a little bit of that old defensive resolve which you know they never really lost it they've never been a bad defensive team no. but it had just been a while since I saw a win like this like I was half expecting Dallas Johnson and and company to, to be running Swain. out there Richard Swain Get out there involved. making 40,000 tackles or something like that but yeah they just really Really dug in. I um, thought Jonah Pezzett was really impressive again. Yeah, that's not, that's not right either. That's, that's, that's not right or correct, but his kicking game was really good. I think it's really made a difference for them to have someone with a, a really sharp tactical kicking game. Like Hughes and Munster are both great players, obviously, but I think they're both more great footballers than they mm. are great halves. They did a great job again of, of making Latrell turn around and start from yeah. a standing start yeah, as well. It was really, crowd, really... For the first time, dude, the crowd was actually getting a bit restless when those kicks were... When, on those kick returns where he kind of just stands there and looks at looks at the wingers to size up his options before actually doing anything. That's the first time I can remember where like fans actually started jeering a bit, like sort of like just wanting him to just, you know, put the foot down and go and yeah. run it back at them. Haven't seen that before. No, we haven't. But it's it's just really smart from Melbourne. I think this was this this was a real triumph of, of preparation and and tactics and, and stuff like that, you know? And it's I I thought um Will Warbrick was really good on the wing, sort of Really, really took it to, to worst Alex game Johnson. of AJ's was, season. Yeah, one but of the worst I, he's ever played. But I think that's kind of knocked a good himself out bombing off. a try. Oh as well. man, <laughs> I think that's a kind. Of, that's a good jumping off point for Souths, where so many of their guys who are usually so reliable, like AJ, just had just had bludges. Yeah, it's it's strange. Like it did seem like they had enough ball, enough position, and enough sort of good attacks to win this game. But you know they. Bombed a couple. They got. They just squandered good field position a lot of times. They had this fascination, particularly in the first half, with just like going right early in the sets, and I don't really know why. And every time they did it, the ball either they either dropped it or they threw it at the back and it, it dribbled on the ground and they picked it up fifteen meters further back from when they started. I don't know why. I think is is I don't know whether it's because they're just obsessed with trying to become this sort of multi-dimensional team rather than just focusing left. And we know it worked so well against the Sharks in round one where they scored all their points on the right-hand side, but it didn't work tonight. They just kept forcing it and forcing it. Um, 
and it just it just didn't work. But it's funny because people go, oh, well, once they get all their forwards back, they'll be right. But I don't really think the forwards were the issue here. They still won the yardage battle and they still won that sort of... They, they, they were kicking from Melbourne's side of halfway pretty much the entire time they had the ball. Like, but the issue was it was just uninspiring Lachlan Elias midfield bombs that that were easily caught by Billy Bricks or Coates or, or Meany. I thought Meany had a fantastic game, yeah, by the he way. He made some great covered defensive tackles. But like honestly, it was like kind of like watching the Mitchell Pierce Roosters at times where the kicking game was just so poor and just wasted what was wasted what was otherwise a very good performance by the forwards and or a less than clinical performance from their back line. But yeah, they, they just tried too hard a lot of the time, I thought. And... It's just annoying because they so rarely beat Melbourne and with the players Melbourne didn't have in this game, it was a fantastic chance for them to win and they just, in my opinion, squandered it pretty badly. Yeah, to, to me, uh, they had all that field position and they had all that good ball and I think the longer they went without scoring, the more it sort of frustrated them and the mm. more they were looking for the big play rather than sticking to, to what usually works for them so, so well. I also, I also think um, Jason Dimitri's comments after the game where he talked about the lack of intensity that they played with, I thought that really shone through as well you know maybe it's just because they were up because they had the big game against the the roosters the game against penrith the week before and then the manly game last week which was an emotional night for the whole club maybe that's maybe that's why and they were just sort of they Dave sort of Wiley killed to, someone that was cool sorry david Wiley killed someone he did he did that was cool but, but maybe maybe that's the maybe that was the thing they just sort of struggled to yeah. summon that fire again but i i i'm not i'm not worried about south's no am i They've lost three games to the three, in my opinion, best teams in the comp. Yeah, I so. know, but South's, South's ceiling is the best team in the comp, you know? You'd hope and, so. And I would have just liked to see them produce more of their best in those games. Because mm. I think in all three of those games, you would say that South Sydney weren't weren't really close to, no. to what they're capable and, of. But, and you would, but you could probably also say that there's, you know, they could have won them all, maybe the Penrith game. But they, that was just drop ball off drop ball. It's, I, I don't think it matters too much. I think that they didn't play the best and Melbourne just defended their asses off and, and, and deserved to win in the end with just their work ethic and their resolve. So good on them. A pretty pretty sloppy first half in both teams, I thought, and then I thought it really went up a level in the second half. But, you know. Quick uh, quick shout out to Tui Kamakamitha. Mm. Thought he was really strong in the middle of the field and with the Sofa Solomona out, I think Melbourne needed someone to step up and be that really physical presence in the middle third and I thought Kamakamitha did a really, really good job of it. Yep. All right. Um, Sunday, oh, Sunday, Matthew, Saturday, <laughs> starting off with an absolute banger in Mudgee. Um, what a fantastic game this was. Oh, perfect. Like, perfect Saturday afternoon entertainment. Dom Young's all you the know? way back. Oh, he's, 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 he's so far back, I think he's gone and come back again. I mean, that third try was magnificent. And then on the fourth one, once that kick went up, was there a single person that thought Ruben Carrick was no catching way. that ball? No way. <laughs> but no, it was great. It was great to see him rebound after the, the tough game that he had against the... I can't even remember. The, Dolphins. The, the, yes, that's right. He had the shocker against the Finns. Things looked really bad. Like There was a couple of lunatic Knights fans saying, ship him out now, but like... On the weekend, like yeah, that's this, why this is why you don't now. let good players leave early to prove a point. Oh man, yeah, he was he was fantastic. It was and it was great to see Newcastle fling it wide so often and just think, you know what, we got this guy's got the hot hand. Let's let's give it right to him. I I tell you, I can't get a read on Newcastle. I got no idea what they're doing. I just love watching them. Mm. I love watching them. Like no matter what happens, they might be that fun weird team this year. Could be them. That would be great, and because they don't just score fun tries, they do weird stuff. Yep. Like Lockie Miller on that Olakowatu try. What's he doing? That I don't know. Uh, <laughs> or, but I don't care because it was funny. It it might be the single worst defensive play in the history of the sport. He's standing eight meters behind the is try line. A, is it a defensive play if he doesn't? Like make he it? clearly just lost his bearings and <laughs> forgot where he was on the field. But like it's so funny when you're like, oh, where's Lockie Miller? And then the camera pans out and he's standing. Like next to the dead ball line, and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, you know how they talk about players like you know losing their bearings when they play on cricket ovals or whatever. Yeah. Mudgy's like that, mate. Tell you, you, you get into the central table lens, you, just, you completely lose your head. The Bamudgy triangle. He was absolutely <laughs> had no idea. Olakwatu is so good. He's awesome. He yeah. is absolutely fantastic. I mean, was was put on report. Was he put on report again late on? Was that? I'm not certain. I can't remember. On that he, one. he gave away a penalty later on. I don't really got to put a report. But um, yeah. That, oh, that's right. He, no, he didn't get. But he did the dumb penalty that gave them the field position. He, that's maybe, right. he yep, picked yep, up yep, old yep. mate and threw him threw him off the off the play ball while Manly had the ball. Like if they lost <laughs> after that, 
like what a ridiculous penalty to give away. But um, yeah, he's awesome. Um, still waiting for Tommy to like really take over again. But I thought he was pretty good in this game. And I thought Cherry Evans is quietly having a really really good season. Was very good again. Thought Trebojevic got the balance right mm. between his his running and his passing a little bit. He might not have dominated this one, but I feel like he's getting closer to that to that form that we all know he's capable of. I know he made a little bit of fun of Lockie Miller before. And like defensively, there might still be a couple of holes, but holy hell, like he can, he can really, really attack. And I love how he links with the rest of his spine. I love his support play for the Dom Young's third try, where Young ran about forty meters and then linked with about three or four different players. Like that to me just showed a, a, a team that's really playing with a lot of attacking confidence right now, and that's that's really great to see. I, I'm I'm really enjoying Bradman Best's season this year. He was someone we talked a little bit about in the preseason and. We're a bit disappointed that he hasn't really kicked on. That he hadn't kicked on the way he yeah. wanted that we way we wanted him to. But I thought he did really, really well. I thought that was absolutely a try late on that they disallowed. That was just yeah. I got no idea what they were looking. I'm at I'm usually not in like when the commentators are, that's a try, just give it. But that one, that's a try. Just give it. Just give it. <laughs> it's fine. I love Best and Greg Marsu together mm. because I am quite fond of center wing combinations where the two players are quite similar. Mm. You know, so if it's just two meaty lads yep. out on that left edge, just two big boys grilling on the left, yep. you gotta love that. You gotta love that. You gotta love just two powerhouses yeah. who never found a problem they couldn't solve by running over it. Correct. That's the good stuff. Greg Marsu's sick. He's good. Yeah, they're they're backline. I mean, it's a, it's a shame they're losing young because they've got a. They've got the makings of a really good backline there now. But well, they've um, still got it for the rest of this year. That's and true, and this is not a write-off season for them. All of a sudden, not at all. Not um, at all. I don't. I don't. I mean, Pong is posting about following his dreams on Instagram and shit. I don't know what he's doing, but like, if they get him back at some point, you know, they, this could be a final step. Well, they're kind of in. They're in a rock. They're in between a rock and a hard place with Ponga because I think it's pretty clear that Ponga's best position is fullback, right? And it I think is, but not Lockie just Miller. not just not just football-wise, but I think for his. For his long-term health as a player, mm. he'd be better off back yeah, there than yeah, defending yeah. in the line. But you can't drop Miller. What if you just can't. they took a shade out of one of Newcastle's favourite sons' books, Kurt Gidley, Ponga Impact 14? <laughs> Fantastic. you got to love it. <laughs> um, I thought this was Jackson Hastings' best game as a knight by a fair distance. Field goal attempt hilarious. Really, Another really hilarious <laughs> thing. That was. I th- that one he took right at the end was from there like halfway. Was there a split second where you're like... <gasps> Oh, yes. And then you're like, oh, it's going to fall 15 metres short. That's fine. Well, no, it nearly had the length. I think it, was, it landed, it landed on, the on the 10, dude. No, I thought it landed on the goal line. Did it? I don't think so. I don't know. Anyway, and then Manly... Are you, are you, ra- are you, are you gaslighting me into not, into not believing in field goals? I don't know. I might have gaslighted, gaslighted myself. I don't know what gaslighting means. All I know is that when someone disagrees with me, they're gaslighting me. That's fair. That's how it works. Mm. Uh, yeah, that, that was good. Yeah, just, just a fun game. It was weird that... Cherry even seems more reluctant to pull the trigger this year than previously. He didn't really. He wasn't taking shots last week against Souths either. Like, I think. I think it took one, but it got charged I, I, down. I, I, to me, Cherry Evans is a really smart footballer. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. One of the smartest in the league. I wonder though if in these field goal shootout scenarios, he's he can kind of outthink outthink himself sometimes. I I think he was worried about missing giving a seven and then giving seven. Is, seven is tackle shit set. Right? So he wasn't because like yeah, there was a he there wasn't was a time. taking a low percentage shot, even though because he's such a good field goal kicker. A low percentage shot for other people is a pretty high. Yeah, percentage it was like shot I think it was the first half of extra time when he it was like last they were on the forty on the last tackle. It's like yeah. mate, just and he just and he can, ki- the he can kick those. Like, mate, yeah. just bang it. Yeah, and from that distance, it might not go dead if you miss. So mm. just just hit it. But no. Yeah, Manly. Um, Manly are another team that I'm still trying to to work out. They they look to me like they're the sort who play to the level of their opposition mm. quite a bit. You know, um, they remind me a little bit of Cronulla in that regard. And I would really like a Manly. Cronulla game sometime in the near future because then we might see like a 48 47 golden well, point it's win not the next five like weeks so I don't know when that is no, I know but so. like just keep an eye out on that one because like the battle of the beaches it'll just be isn't all, that one of those weird all points, games? All points one, and nothing one of those teams always lose the other one I can't remember the Sharks have a really bad record at rookie right okay yeah, yeah. I remember like like a, a decades long struggle mm. there but um, yeah Manly, Manly can score points can't really stop them Weird. Last week, the 13-12 slugfest where they scored a try off a kick and an intercept. And this week, just piling them on. There you go. 
Um, yeah, weird. That's, that's, that's how it is sometimes. Like, All you right. know, that, that rugby league's a bucking bronco and you just got to <laughs> sure is. hold on tight you, and, and hope for the best and hope that it doesn't dump you into the mudgy turf. The Broncos game is still another game away on the rundown. You couldn't save the bunk, bucking bronco metaphor for one more game? No, no, you know what? Because they don't deserve it. Okay, they don't fair. deserve my metaphors. Fair enough. All right, both you and I expressed our concerns about how the Dolphins would bounce back from a, a loss and from losing some players. And uh, it's fair to say those concerns were vindicated with a... Yeah. Very, very ugly performance against the Dragons. I uh, didn't help losing Anthony Milford after about 15 minutes, but I don't think that would have made much of a difference here. Do you? I. It didn't help matters um, because I, they just sort of had to make do with what they had. Um, but to me, they lost this one because they just didn't have the same intensity that they've had over the opening month, particularly in the middle of the field. Like the Jacob Little try, the Blake Laurie try, those are tries that they just haven't conceded. All season, you he know, didn't do the gritty. And, uh, hey, he didn't do the gritty. He didn't do the gritty. No, he's he, his teammates want him to hit the gritty when he scores. He won't do it because he doesn't think it's what a front rower does. But you know what a front rower does do? What his teammates want him to do? Score tries, baby, yep. blocker. I'm telling you, he's having a great season. <laughs> he's yeah. having a great season. I thought he was the best forward on the field in this game, and I thought his physicality helped really dictate terms for the Dragons to the Dolphins. Um, but yeah, that, that that that's what worried me. This is what worried me about the Dolphins that once the once injuries and suspension and all that really started to bite, would they be able to weather the storm? And this was this was not a good day for for the team of the podcast. No, it wasn't. Um, we've got twenty three more weeks of that being the team of the podcast. I'm not. It's not good. Might get really ugly soon. Well, it could. It could. Like that. Yeah. That that that's the tough part. That's the tough. Part. The big one for me is O'Sullivan. And they are just going to really it's struggle for as long as so he's hard. out. You know, and now that Milford's out as well, I think well, they're looking at a Katoa Nikarima oh, halves combo, which is not ideal or anything like that. Um, but you know, let's focus on 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 some of the positives here. I thought the Dragons really mm. threw the shackles off. Ben Hunt, fantastic uh, with his running game and with his distribution as well. Um, Mika Ravalawa just running over blokes. God, got that, that poor Jack Boss. Oh, man. Jesus Christ. Oh, just got trucked, didn't he? Just Nearly got, got that early debutant try as well. And then... I know, but then he ended up getting splattered across Mount Oosley. Yep. By, by Big Mika. Picking his remains up. Yeah. yeah. Um, Tyrell Sloan really strong again for the mm. Dragons. I really like Fantastic. the combination that he's building with Ben Hunt. and um, Big yeah. bounce back in for Zach Lomax. That was good. Yeah, he needed one too. We mm. talked We talked last week about how much he was struggling, but... Um, yeah, with with the Dolphins, there could be a few more games like this well, over the course of the season. Tom Gilbert made 103 metres. Apart from that, they kind of got worked in the middle. Bromwich, 86. They? Herman, 82. Other Bromwich, 79. Lemu, Lemu 77. Nichols, 73. Ugh. Yeah, that's the tough part. Yeah. That's the tough. I think they'll always be competitive in, in Queensland, but these away trips might get might get tougher and tougher for them as the... As the season goes on, you know, they got the Cowboys this week. And then Souths. And then Souths. And then the Titans. Yeah. So, so at least, at least they're going, they're going back, uh, to, they're going back to Queensland for a little bit. So that should help things out a little, but. Where's McDonald's Park? You're playing them in. Wagga. Okay. Yeah. Going to go? Uh, probably not. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, uh, Mr. Burns, you mentioned you wanted an opening tirade. Yes. Thank you, Kent. You're here again. I mean, what do you want me to say this week? What are you expecting from me here? What? Do you want me to say that the Australian Broadcasting Corporation's Nicholas Campton's campaign against the Kevolution is the biggest waste of public time and funding since the COVID safe app? Because I'm not going to say that. I would never say that. Would I say that his prediction of the Broncos season to be over by Easter is the worst government-initiated forecast since planning on delivering the Millennium trains by the Millennium. No, I wouldn't say that either. I would never say that. But what I would say is, how good is Reese Walsh? And how good is Payne Haas? And how good is being good again? Whilst many had their doubts based on a record of when Brisbane were a very good side. The Broncos ran away with it on Saturday night at Suncorp Stadium, Saturday night, defeating the West Tigers 46-12, to making them pay and rue their mistake of winning a game against Brisbane last year. 
And that's why I thought leading into this game, they wouldn't lose because it was the game that essentially ended the Brisbane season last year. And they took that lightly. The team has learnt from that. Unfortunately, the Tigers have not. I think it's one of their last 17 or 18 games they've won. That was that Brisbane game at that time. and They look like a shambles. But that's for Bungard and Campo to talk about, not for me to talk about. Because the boys have done it 5-0. and The best Broncos start in 25 years. Play the Raiders next week, potentially for 6-0. and they did it without breaking a sweat and at some points took the piss. I mean, Payne Haas' dummy half try was golden. It looked like the ringer at an Oz tag team in a social competition where he just got into dummy half and charged his way over. It's just nice to get to that game without any injuries and see everything still ticking along just nicely. Uh, I will say I've seen a lot more Jordan Ricky praise and he was good in this game, but I think he's a bit more having a good season than becoming a good player. And just like every premiership team of pretty much the last 20 years, they've always had that one back rower who had that season but wasn't really that guy. Be it Chris McQueen or Aidan Guerra or Feliz Cafusi, Kenny Bromwich, Kevin Proctor, Liam Martin. That's who Jordan Ricky is this year. He's that back rower in the eventual premiers, the Brisbane Broncos. Don't say you weren't warned. I like that he didn't do or any of the comparisons that he mentioned. Yeah, I thought that it was, was that really was, big. Of that him. was yeah, it was. It was very classy from Mitch. I'm glad that we've been able to rise above our petty differences and yeah, and just you know join hands and walk on together as the Chuckle Brothers once more. It's true. Um, they were great. This game didn't shock anyone. Uh, it's weird that some. You know, it's now weird with hindsight that there were some a small portion of Brisbane fans who were mildly worried about this game just because they lost to these guys last year, but. Good Lord, the Tigers are absolutely horrific. They are. We'll get to them in a second. Yeah. Let's just stick to the Bronx real quickly. Right. Um, he, Mitch, Mitch is Mitch right. Kinda, Mitch Reece, Reece Walsh is very good. Yeah, Mitch kind of says it all in his opening tirades. Um, but I, I do want to really wrap Payne Haas again. I think he's playing really angry at the moment, which is which is, which is is great. You know, that try he scored was like, that was dead set under, under eight stuff. That was just, I'm the biggest and the strongest and the meanest. And you better get out of my way. You know, th- this was... The exact performance I wanted from the Broncos. I wanted them to brush the Tigers aside, not with not with uh, contempt, but just with a very clear sense of we're one of the elite teams, and this is what we do. We just turn up and we put points on. Mm. You know this, and to be honest with you, this could have been far far worse. This could have been sixty. This could have been seventy. This was a real, this was a real top four tour showcase for the Bronx. Yeah, um, what? They're, they're, they're playing, they're playing great. They're playing great attacking footy. Just. All up and down. I really, really want to... Now that they've sort of blown the cobwebs out... Well, not blown the cobwebs out, but now they've put a bit of a score on, I think I'll put another big score on this weekend against the Raiders. And then after that, I want to see them get tested again. I want to see someone try and rise up to their level and and, and really have to see them dig deep. But that might not happen for a while, given how much attacking class they have all across the park and the physical intensity that they're playing with. When someone like Jordan Rickey's having a good game, even though, as Mitch referred to, he is very much just like a guy that's doing his job, when he's able to dominate like he did against the Tigers, then things are going all right, you know? They are pathetic. Yeah. I I, 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 I don't know what to say about him anymore. It, Adam Dewey might be playing worse than Luke Brooks. Like, <sighs> what's what the hell is going on? You know, you, know what's, you know what's worse is... So they were awful last year. We all, we all knew that. We all saw that. But over the summer... The club sold a lot of hope, and every signing they made, we were like, "Oh, that's a good signing. Yeah, that's a good signing. That's a good signing." And that makes that makes what's happening now even worse, because like there there can't be true despair without hope. And mm. the Tigers fans are a pretty beaten down bunch, but even the most of the beaten down in the preseason, they sort of they were up and about. They had their tails up, and they thought that something was going to happen. We thought something was going to happen, even if we didn't have a hundred percent faith in in Tim Sheens or in the coaching staff or whatever. We just saw the guys that they had and we we're like, well, they, they have to be better. Well, that guy was the best hooker in the comp last year. That guy was the best back row. David yeah. Clemmer's played Origin a million yeah. times. They're all going to be great. Yeah. And, you know, the, I think especially Papali's been kind of not Awful. great. But yeah. Clemmer's trying his guts out. Clemmer's, Coruscant's Clemmer, trying. Clemmer and Coruscant are trying, trying their guts out. I think Bateman's trying hard too, but things just Sean Bloor, I thought, was probably like one of their only bright spots in this game. He yeah. really had a crack as well. But yeah. it's like, dude... A couple of things that just really stand... And look, I don't want to get too old man yells at Cloud with this stuff. Like when guys go, oh, they're, they're laughing and shaking hands after the game. Like, you know, people get weird about stuff like that. But like, why is the CEO on the field in warm-ups 
chucking a footy around. I don't know. Apparently he does that every week, but um, okay. it's just a, it's a terrible, it's a really terrible look. Imagine Politis how they're putting up bombs. <laughs> yeah, Joseph, catch this one. <laughs> it would just never fucking happen. It's just insane. And then that was bad enough. And then something that happened after the game really annoyed me. And people, there was like, oh, classic Sheensy crying laughter emoji from like the fucking like Fox and those sorts of Twitter accounts. But like, if you're a guy like Sean Bloor or David Clemmer or whatever, who's been working your ass off for this team, trying so hard. And I understand there are guys who aren't putting in, but there are guys who are working their ass off. And you and, and fans, fans are frustrated by what's going on and they have every right to be. To hear your coach just go, oh, hopefully we can beat the bye in a couple of weeks. Uh, uh, it's just like, I would be fucking furious. Yeah, I would be absolutely beside myself if I heard my coach say a thing. I know he's only joking and it doesn't mean anything, but it, words do matter sometimes. And it matters when you're 0-5 and your coach is cracking jokes about how shit you are. And, you know, this is a phrase that gets used by the kids online all the time, but they are a deeply unserious organization. Like that, that term gets thrown around a lot, unfairly a lot of the time, but they really, really are. Like how, how can you have these things? No other club would do any of this stuff. No other club would have the CEO out there chucking the footy around before the game. And certainly I can't think of any other co- club's head coach making a joke. You can joke when you win. And you can even make a joke about certain things when you lose. But you can't be out there cracking jokes about, oh, geez, we'll get the two points when we get play the bye in a couple of weeks' time when you're 0-5 and you've just dished up an absolutely horrid performance. I, I don't know what they should do. I don't know where what can they, they go do? from here. Like, they have not all the they pieces, got a five year but they plan have with this some. Stuff. <laughs> they have some of the pieces. But, t- like, Tim Sheens, to me, in that press, he looks like a guy who was sort of out of ideas. You know, I... Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's it was difficult to see them falling lower than they did last year because last year was so despondent. But they have somehow managed it, you know. And I think we say I say I don't know what they can do. I think they have to they have to get Brooks out of there. Like at this point, dropping him would be a mercy for him and for the club. Mm. You know, I think. I understand that that Shane wants to stand by him. I understand he wants to give him every chance, but like, for his sake and for yours, spell him. Please do it. Please do it. You know. But the, 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 and some of the other moves that they are making are quite questionable. You know, Dane Laurie was their player of the year last year, and now he can't he can't crack first. Ken Mamalo, I thought was pretty good last year. Yeah, Adam Dewey, he's who, gone. You know, he's played all his best footy at five eight. He's playing fullback. Why? Mm. What, what? Like, what's 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 doing? Why is why is this happening? You know, I I don't know what they should do. I don't know where they should go. Um, But I'm sort of getting to the point where I think this is probably as low as the Tigers have ever been. Which, considering some of the seasons they've had, is really saying something. They're sort of, they're getting close to me, to that, you know, that 2016 Newcastle, that early admission. Yeah. It's coming up on a year since they've won a game. Well, even... And with, with the roster they have... That is that defies belief. Well, the Knights went from what twenty thirteen to twenty nineteen without making the finals. It was only six and a half, seven years, right? Yeah. And that South team, that like obviously post exclusion, they were bad, but they made the finals in 07 and they missed again for a couple of years. But they they didn't have a decade long drought. We're up to we're up to what? It was twenty eleven, right? So this yeah. is season number thirteen or season number twelve. Yeah. Like, I don't know where they go. I'd I'd like to sit just. Try Wakeham and Dewey in the halves for a week and bring Laurie yeah. back at fullback. Just try it. Yeah. What? Why? I, I have no ill will towards Luke Brooks. He seems like a nice guy, but it's like, do something different. Yeah. You have to do something different Everybody at some point. We all need to change, man. I, I just it's, don't it's, understand. It's, um, I feel really sorry for the Tigers fans who really did buy in and we're, what, a month in? We're five weeks in and it's already over. It's already over, you know. They were they were waiting for this year, for all of last year, yep. because Coruscant was coming and Papali'i was coming, and things were going to change. And somehow it's changed, but it's only gotten worse. I've got yeah, I they it, it, it not upsets me, but I don't like thinking about it because I just think this is a club that should that has so much already there, and they just can't I, I'm gonna, get out of their own way at we, all. You and I are making a pact right now. When we get to the preview show at the end of this week. If either of us says, oh, I've just got a feeling about the Tigers this week, we have to like eat the world's hottest chili or something. Okay, I'm going to need you to hold me to that though. Because, <laughs> because last year... I just got to last, last year, year. No, no, no. Last year, um, 
the Easter Monday game against Para. That was the game that buggered up my attempts to go on 24 oh, that's on the right. Cold Train <laughs> <Yeah>. Cup. <laughs> so I, I'm going to need you to hold me to that. Okay. okay? <laughs> you like chili though, so that'll be a little no, treat, I'm, I'm little treat those, for you. I'm not one of those freaks that like wants the chili so hot that it burns a hole through my tongue. I'm what not if one of we those get guys. a candle and put it in your mouth first? Don't quit your day job, Chief. Oh, Whatever that find is. Find your soulmate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on. I'll tell you what. Yeah. I'll tell you what. It was a sad boy Friday, but this was a sick boy Sunday. Oh, my God. This was the good... This was... The good stuff. Um, you said it was the season of Sean Johnson. It's Sean you... Johnson's year. <laughs> Every year since 2011, I have been convinced that it's Sean Johnson's year. But you know what? This, this time, year. it actually is Sean Johnson's year. Um, the King is back. Bow down. What a bizarre game this was. An absolute slobber knocker. The last 10 minutes was just beautiful chaos. I loved it. Um, I think the Sharks have feel pretty hard done by, both with that try on halftime, just being called back for a random knock-on that wasn't a knock-on, which they then won a challenge for, but didn't get a try. And then if, I don't think that penalty... I don't think that was a penalty. I don't think you can say hard luck when you're up 20-0. That is also true. I think that that's the, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. The Sharks have really settled into their new identity as the NRL's glass cannons. They're a team... Which I absolutely... As a neutral, I absolutely love. Yeah. They're, they're, they're never going to be in a bad or boring game. They're probably going to have to be looking at some changes soon as well. This is another game now where Finucane's just given away a terrible penalty at an inopportune time. I mean, he'll probably get a couple of weeks that hip drop anyway. But the, 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 I know that some of their fans that we speak to are baying for a few changes across the board, really. Um, we want to see that we want to see that more uh, Heinz Trindle combination. And I think they have to think about it because Moylan got, got, go. got targeted up a couple of times in this. Happened one for the, again. They the Neil try and the and the Josh Curran try. Johnson just isolated Can't him tackle. really well and just sent sent some big units right right at him. Yeah, nice guy. Can't tackle. That's that simple. But I mean, it's we talk about the Sharks a lot. Let's talk about the Warriors. It's interesting. Um, I I used to work with a guy who played junior rugby league with Andrew. Like played like young lower grades at Manly with Andrew Webster and he's been saying for a few years that this is this was the guy out of all the Ivan Cleary assistants that was like the smart like the guy that knew that he said his footy reign was second to none he said this guy was a brilliant coach and yeah so far he's definitely showing that well I think it's a measure of how good a coach Andrew Webster is the amount of guys who are quite unheralded who are playing great footy yeah like Marcelo Montoya is Marcelo just Montoya putting on a show is, he was smashing out, people man. as well in defense. Ed, so, doing... so is Ed Cossey. Ed Cossey had that running battle with Ronaldo Mulatalo. Ronaldo Mulatalo, great player, New Zealand test player, would be an origin player if he was eligible for Queensland. And Ed Cossey got the better of him. Mm. You know, that's nuts, man. Jackson Ford coming like, come into the team this year, not a whole lot of hype has turned into a really good second goal for them. Wade Egan's in the form of his goddamn life. You yep. know? In this game, they were without Tamari Martin and they were without my boyfriend Tohu Harris. Toe Harris, probably their best player, and they were still able to do it. They were and still able to come to a place where they very, very rarely win and totally put it on them like that. Before, and when they were down 20-0, they didn't panic. They didn't throw they didn't they didn't throw throw the toys out of the cot. Sean Johnson gave a great post match interview where he said at half time great. it was really positive and they just said, guys, what if we just came back and win it? There'll be a story we tell for the rest of our lives. Up so the let's go do it. And you're just like, man, that's the that's great shit. Yeah. That's not yelling and screaming or whatever. That's knowing your playing group and knowing what their strengths are. And knowing how to pl- knowing how to play how to play to those strengths, and that sounds really simple. But if it was that simple, everyone would be doing it. You know, two more things I do want to touch on really quick. I want to go back to to Sean Johnson just quietly because like, well, that's the thing Webster deserves the most praise about. He's made Sean Johnson great again. Well, he's back, and this is his year. I don't know if you heard, but I think Sean Johnson. You know, he's somebody with a pretty close to one hundred percent approval rating. Everybody loves Sean Johnson. Everyone loves Sean Johnson. Everybody loves watching him play. Um, Sean Johnson has copped a lot of dings to his reputation over the years. I think he, because he's always been the face of the Warriors and the Warriors have never quite performed the way everyone wanted, Sean Johnson cops a lot of the blame for that. And there's a lot of people out there that have talked for a long time about how he's not a winner or he's not clutch or he doesn't come up big when it counts. And those people are wrong and they Mm. have always been wrong. Sean Johnson has never hesitated to have the game on the line or have the ball in his hands with the game on the line. He always steps up and tries to win the game for his team, even if it's not going to happen you know and that's all that's all you can do so to see him come up when it really really mattered not just with that penalty goal in the driving rain but creating that try for for Curran with the really nice short ball it it was to me it was just really great I think it was great to see one of the one of the one of the very best halfbacks over the last 10 years finally get a little bit of his due you know and I think it's great to see him enjoying his football so much Um, well I know we mentioned that 
post-match interview with Jake Duke, but go watch it if you have, if you if you have the chance. Like, and you'll see a bloke who is just he's loving he's loving his footy right now. I think he's loving the blokes he's playing with. I think he's just really grateful to be back at the Warriors and be back in New Zealand and representing this club that clearly means so much to him. Um, it's a really great watch, and it's it's really great to see one of the games great personalities and, and, and great players, great entertainers, rather, sort of really get those dues. And then a really quick shout-out to Charles Nickel-Klukstad, oh, who was just exceptional just at fullback. dogged. This, this was one of those games where, like, if he had to rip his own arm off to beat Cronulla with it, he would have done you it. You talk about guys who have the dog in them. He might oh, be, man. in all the NRL, one of the top five dogging them guys. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, every single time. And I think his, um, his will to win and his competitiveness has rubbed off on a lot of those Warriors teams like it rubbed off on Canberra when he first got there in 2019. Chance, I miss you every single day. Please come back to Canberra. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, and that game was great. And then we got a little nightcap that was just as frantic at the end and just as entertaining. And the doggies are all the way back. Oh, without, without question. Without, so this, I, was, I was covering this game. I was out there for work and for the first like 60 minutes it was kind of a little bit of a oh mm. man the cows just going to grind this out the dogs just really can't seem to get anything going but um then yeah the game just came to life in that last 20 minutes and i think um the bulldogs are still very much a team in development but i think there is so much upside for them as a squad as well they are just fl- they have no front rowers left they just keep well, guys just keep getting injured and keep going down like kick out didn't play Thompson and Pangai Jr. haven't played all year. Vitala Mariner got injured in the first 10 minutes. Max King got busted up and had to come, had to battle through injury just to get back on the field. And the and the Cowboys have so many strong forwards that it would have been really easy for them to just when, when, when we get dust in the when middle. We get seamless, kept hanging on. When we get Teamless Tuesday tomorrow, th- there's going to be some more time. Who, who is this guy on their bench? Oh, for, some, for some potential dudes. Yeah. Definitely. But yeah, the dogs just really hung in there, hung in there, hung in there, and then were able to take their chances when it really, really counted. You know, I don't think anyone would say that they're a great attacking team. They're still figuring a lot of stuff out. But when the heat was on, they were able to create that try to Josh Adokar. Hayes Perrin playing a really crucial role. He's someone who I think by the end of the season could be a really, really effective fullback as a runner and a passer for them. And There was Parramatta's X-Factor all along. There you go. What were they thinking? They made that dumb joke last week as well, but I stand by it. That's right. Mm. Um, And then Burton coming up. I thought what was really impressive with Burton and Cameron Seraldo talked a little bit about this after the game. So Burton had a tough one last week against the Warriors. They had their chance to win that game and he couldn't quite close it out. So it would be it's easy for a player to lose to lose confidence when something like that happens. And then to have the opportunity to win the game with that sideline conversion and then miss it, that can that can compound things. You know, you can go on your shell a little bit. But Burton didn't. He put in a very ballsy kick for Josh Adokar um, on their own thirty in in Golden Point, which is Brave or insane or whatever, but it works, so it's all right. And then banged a field goal from 30 out on his bad side out near the scrum if people, line. That's a beauty. Um, I retweeted this on Sunday night, and I don't tweet a lot, so you'll be able to, if you go on my Twitter feed, you'll see a fan got this amazing angle from his seat filmed on his phone. Yeah. Right, right behind where he kicks it from. It's glorious. Yeah. It's a fantastic view, and he just, just hits it so sweet. Oh, well, the thing, he barely touches it. He mm. barely touches it, and it sails through. He selected feather touch, but he gave it power drive. <laughs> like, yeah, and I, I think these are the sorts of wins that are really important mm. for Canterbury. Like, if they are going to be a serious football team either yep. this year or in the years to come, these wins where you don't play that well but you find a way, they're they're a really important part of that of that process. Paul Alamotti's really good. Mm. I love his physicality. I love the the strength and the power that he plays with. I think him and Adokara developing. A really nice combination. That tip on from Alamotti to Adokar. Fantastic. Really high level stuff. Um, Preston Mania sweeping the nation. Running wild. Man, he just gets around the park really well. Gets through a heap of work. Which is always, always seems to be in the action, Jacob Preston. Big fan. Big fan. Um, yeah. No, he, he, he was great again. Um, yeah, they're a really exciting team. Um, they're, they're, and they're probably only going to get better next year when they get Crichton. And I'm sure they'll make a couple of other smart signings. Too, and they'll, they'll, they'll fix up their forward rotation a little bit, you'd think, going forward. But yeah, thank God they won this with the guys they lost and the guys they don't have because I think they might be running on fumes for a couple of weeks. But that's yeah. okay. It doesn't matter. But like a win like this yeah. really energizes the fan base Do as you? well, you know? And 
for this this game on Good Friday against South will be tough because they'll be out without a couple but more guys. But they always play tough on Good Friday. They man. do, it's and always a tough a, game. It'll be a big rowdy crowd, and that'll give them a boost. And the reason that and that crowd will be so big and rowdy is because they had. A and win honestly, like this. that this game I go every year. This game is better when they're good. Like 100%. those games, like 2014-15 era, like when like the the Hawkinson field goal game, and then obviously the one where James Graham dived here. Both crazy games with great atmosphere. Um, but dude, I think right now, like with this game in mind, like take the Tigers out of it. We're, we're, we're pretty any given Sunday at the moment. We're pretty the ball is round. Like anyone can beat anyone right yeah. now. And it's fantastic. Well, that, that, that's really good. I think that was something that we sort of lost in the last couple of years. Oh, not, yeah. not just because of the PVL ball stuff, but I think... But the disparity was well, at Penrith an all-time being, high. Penrith being so much better than everyone else necessitated that, you know, there mm. wasn't as much sort of closeness yeah. in the competition. And I think you're right. I think they've really got that balance a lot, to, a lot closer to... To what it should be. I want to uh, give a quick shout out to Josh Reynolds. I thought he was really strong for the dogs. I think he gave them a lot of energy and a lot of intensity when they needed it. And he's someone who has boundless reservoirs we'll talk of about, energy and intensity. We'll talk about it on Friday morning, but there's going to be some sort of Josh Reynolds, Tane Milne fracas on Friday. Who you got? I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what. We've the got, two we've got, crazy, we've got to think about that one, man. two craziest men in the sport <laughs> going at it. But, but it's it's great. I I know a lot of people are probably, you know. A lot of people, you know, say Josh Reynolds is a grub or he's a psycho or whatever. But I think when you speak to him, when you hear him talk about what Canterbury means to him, I think there's a real, um, a really pure just, just, just love for that club and for that area. And I think he's just really proud that he's able to come back and finish his career there. And I think, you know, it's a measure of what he means to that club and that fan base that he got the reception that he got when he came on um, on Sunday night. And I was really glad to see him do well and. When Burton kicks that field goal, the first person that runs over to him is is Reynolds. There's some great shots of the two of them, the two of them celebrating, and I think it's important for what Cameron Seraldo's building to have someone like Reynolds who gives a, who has a link to that to that club sort of more successful, successful eras. So you know this was, this this felt like a really an important win for Canterbury. You know something that when they are a really good side, they'll look back and they'll think that was the, the start of something. Conversely, the Cowboys. What what what's doing? They've kind of been shitty this year. Yeah, they have. Apart from that first half against Canberra, that first half of the first game against Canberra, they have not looked anything like the team that we came to know last season, have they? No, but why? Why? Well, I think Scott Drinkwater not being there is a really that good is one. true. Uh, Todd Payton said after the game that Scott Drinkwater is their most influential player, and I think that's I think that's correct. He's the one that sort of supercharges the attack because um, Chad Townsend's actually having a, a good season. He's leading the league in, in try assists. And Tom did, and I thought had a pretty good game in this one. That was a really good, a really sharp try that he that he scored early on. But he's not much of a he, he's very much a run first player rather than a creative player. So all of a sudden, if Drinkwater's out and Tom Chester's in at fullback, then uh, Chad Townsend is really the the only creative mm. outlet. For and I think Tom Chester's been okay. I do too. It's 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 just stylistically. It's the it's the domino effect. Yeah, he just doesn't just doesn't match up as well. But now it's it's looking it's going to be tough for the Cowboys because they've got a really short turnaround and they've got a five day turnaround. They only flew out of Sydney at six a.m. on on Monday morning. They're going to be without Heel and Lukey, who I thought was really strong. He was on that edge while he was out there. They might be without Jordan McLean as well. You know they're really missing Reuben Cotter right now and. I think there's a couple of guys, there are a couple of older fellas who are looking a little bit stale. Like Kyle Felt's a really a good example. He had a he had he had a pretty tough one out there on um, on Sunday night. It was a bad read um, on um, on Paul Alamotti for that auto car try. And you know, I think there's just there's a couple of guys that they need a little bit they need a little bit more from. But Drinkwater coming back will help fix a lot of those issues. Yeah. So probably not total panic stations for the cows yet, but I want to start seeing a little bit of the good stuff just to sort of assuade any doubts I might have. Mm. All right, let's quickly talk about Thursday night's game. So we, we know there's an early game on Thursday. We're going to do our best to get the proper preview show out, like as early as we can on, on Friday morning. But because um, we just thought it'd be too hard to do it on Thursday night after this game. And we didn't want to do Thursday daytime and, 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 you know, give you a couple of hours for this Thursday night game to... And then by the time we talk about it again, it's Monday, whatever. But uh, yeah, Storm Roosters, Amy Park. Always a good game when these two play. Um, you know, it's a shame with some of the players that we'll be missing if, if, if you know, well, we'll see what happens when we get the team list. But um, yeah, always a good game regardless of who's on the field for well, both Well, I teams. think that the cavalry's kind of arrived for everyone, hasn't it? Like Hughes will be back for Melbourne. 
So I'm interested to see what they'll do with, well, yeah. with Pezzet and, and Munster think and Meany and all them. Do like, you think... Because um, Meany was really good on Saturday, but, but I, I think... It was, it was close to his best oh, on Friday, sorry. Yeah. But I think he could be the guy that gets squeezed out. Well... It, I guess it, it depends. Could, they, they could just do to, the simple thing and just put Pezzard in 14 or not play him at all. I would probably lean towards them putting Pezzard at 14. Mm. But if it was me, I would I would put Munster at fullback and mm. I would go with Hughes and yeah. Hughes and Pezzard. Um We didn't mention Harry Grant in the Storm South's review. We probably really should have because he was exceptional, I thought. Uh, it was one of... Just, just pretty much did whatever he wanted. I'm sick out of, of him. dummy half. <laughs> You've had enough? Yeah. Oh, I think... I'm Harry Grant. I'm really good every time I play South and everyone else. He does say that a lot. He does. That's his catchphrase. I know. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, he's pretty good, isn't he? Um, yeah. So he's playing great football at the moment. I think. That, I think the Storm have have sort of found that found those championship qualities again after a tough couple of weeks there for a while. But I think the Roosters have built into this season really, really nicely, and I th- I, I think this this could be one of those classic Storm Roosters encounters, the likes of which that we sort of haven't seen for a little bit. I know we had that game last year that was super physical and super niggly and all that sort of thing. But yes. I think we could see some really sparkling footy in this one. Both teams seem to really be uh, building into the year nicely. I hope so. Um, pun for that. Is it Paul O'Coates matchup? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, look at that. Who, 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 who you got? Who you got, man? I don't know. I think who, who, do you, who do you want to win that matchup? Well, I have no affiliation with Xavier Coates at all. But I, he, I but still like he, Jackson Paul. He's your enemy now. You just it's said that enemy. before. Well, I was mad at him for doing a good thing. Yeah. But if he does a good thing against the Roosters, I'll be less mad. I, so. I'm really enjoying the Jackson Paulo Renaissance. Renaissance. Like the, the big comeback tour for for big Jacks. You know, this isn't at Jacksonville though. No, it's not. It is not. away. That's the that's the thing. He his powers might only might only be at the new Fortnite. That's stadium. right. Um it'd be a tough one. Uh yeah, dude. I I, I like the Storm in a close game just because it's in Melbourne. I'm probably going the Roosters just mm-hmm. because I think Hargraves and Collins, the football they're playing, will sort of help them get over the top of the storm. If a Sofa Solomona was playing, it might be a different story, but I think the Roosters will be able to control that middle third and um, I think they'll just have a little bit too much from. but I'm really looking forward to this one. Simi Renrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will, yes. Semi Rundrundra. Oh, he's absolutely buried it. Rundrundra. Little bit of news. Uh, Dale Finucane, three weeks for that hip drop tackle, Nicholas. Dale Finucane's having some trouble staying on the field. He really is. He is. And the Sharks don't quite have the forward depth for that to be so. Uh, no, they don't. Um, especially not at the moment. Can we revisit my possibly insane idea of moving Talakai to lock? Yeah. Can we discuss it? Yeah, I did enjoy that game where Andrew Ross was like, oh, how else do you stop C at Talakai? And then Mitch was like, well, he scored two tries in a calendar year. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not that hard to stop him. Yeah. Um, the, the, the Sharks, again, in this game, looked loose around the middle. And if you remember last week when I took on the persona of Nicky Zags mm. and successfully tipped two upsets... There you go. Yep. I'm wrong all the time except for when I'm right. But part of the reason I thought that the Warriors matched up well with the Sharks is the Warriors were so strong through the middle and I just didn't think the Sharks were going to be able to to stop them. So you take out Dale Finucane, who I don't think has been playing great footy but is still sort of the the alpha male of that pack and, and very much the physical leader through that middle third. And, you know, things are looking quite skinny all of a sudden. Are you suggesting we get you a big fat cigar and some pervert glasses and do some sort of gambling pick show every what week? What makes them pervert glasses? They're like not they're not like normal clear lenses. They're like they're like a, a pinkish hue or something. Okay, so you can't you can't you can't see the pupils of my eyes. You can't eyes. see where you're where you're leering. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the difference. Well, those could come in handy. So yeah, <laughs> it could get me a pair. Uh, in that also in that game, I mean, we mentioned that Talakai tackle. Yeah, Nia Kore's dangerous grade two charge. So he's going to face two weeks with an early. Guilty plea. And uh, Jay Nockenbohr will miss Good Friday for one on Jason Tamalolo. Ockenbohr, um, the, the dogs are just running out of bodies. So that that makes it a little bit harder for them. Uh, the Neocore one's a bit of a shame because I actually think he's been playing really good mm. footy on that edge. But part of the advantages of what the Warriors got going on at the minute is they'll just be able to slot Josh Curran straight in there. And a forward Curran back row combination is still, is still pretty good. Um, so... 
Yeah. I think the Warriors will be able to cover that one. Yep. Um, Bailey Simons, two weeks for the shot on Tedesco as well. I think that's about that's about right. I've I've sort of revised my opinion since um since that happened. He probably should have been sent off. I wouldn't have had a problem if he had been sent off. But um, yeah, two three weeks feels about feels feels correct to me. Yeah. All right. A little bit of Dalian chat before we get out of here. It's weird. Uh, it's basically all of Mitch's favorite players are at the top. And then the big Wahash is in there. And then the big Wahash. He's just throwing us that one too. If people uh, haven't seen, the top five at the moment is tied for first, Grant, Haas, Walsh, and then tied for fourth, Kiraz and Sean Johnson. I've I've bagged the Dalliums a lot already this year, but I think that's a pretty accurate assessment. I did tell, like, honestly, I I know it sounds dumb, but the more people you have voting, that you reduce the variance that's, and that's you get the more correct That's decisions. 100% true. You know what my problem is? I get too hung up on like the really little things. Like Kyle Felt got a vote yeah. last night. Why? I don't know. Don't know. But I feel like if you were looking for the five best players over the course of this, will of be this opening five weeks, that's a pretty good like if, front if, five. If you had 10 people and they weren't allowed to like, and they weren't allowed to like tell each other who to vote for. Like they're all separate places. If you had ten people a game, you'd probably get the right Dalian winner a hundred percent of the time. I don't know. You, I, I, statistically, yes, but rugby league stupidity makes a mockery of statistics and probability, my friend. Jack White and getting a point on on Friday was wild. <laughs> He's such a nice boy. Yeah. Um, if he'd actually played in the game, I think you might have fallen for that. I I, de- I definitely could have, man. <laughs> yeah. I definitely could have. Um, do you? I'm, have not, any- I'm not in. I'm, Let's be honest. I'm not in like a clear or, or no. high clarity state of mind right now. Um, talk to me about Cruz Leeming, who is apparently a real person who the Titans have signed. Cruz Leeming, long time hooker with Leeds in mm. Super League. I don't think he's ever played for England, but I think he's been the, on the cusp of selection several times. Um, Captain Leeds in last year's grand final loss to St Helens. Normally don't don't hate a team taking a punt on a Super League player, but I do hate it for the Titans, and here's why. Every single English player they have signed, bar, I think they got one exception, nearly all of them have been bad. Yep. Brian Carney, not English, Irish, but was one of their big marquee signings for that first season. Yep. Came out here for two days, left, went back home. Richie Mathers, nice though. Richie Mathers was a fullback that came out from Leeds around the same time, played five games, bundied off back home. Dan Sargentson was a centre that they I brought out from I forgot about Wigan. Dan Sargentson. Just not good, not good. Came out here, played badly, got in a blue with someone at a pub, went back home. The only guy who's ever been half decent is a forward named Joe Greenwood, who had one pretty oh, good yeah. season out here. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. okay. But they got Callum Watkins out here, hmm. and he really struggled. You know, And Cruz Leeming, I don't know a heap about him as a player, but I do know he fits the profile of older English player comes to the Titans, and I know what happens next after that. Nothing so, good. So, yeah, I, I'd like to see him do well. I always love seeing guys come out from Super League and do well. But doesn't feel, uh, yeah. It, he's got to buck off a fair bit of history to sort of to sort of get that one done, you mm. know? Uh, and a couple of little re-signings. Sharks re-signed Sione Katoa and South re-signed Jacob Host. Love Sione Katoa, the Tongan fisherman. Yeah. One of Weird, my favourites. Jake- Had, didn't have a great game on the weekend. Him and Mulatalo... Well- Dropped a lot of footy. Well, Jacob between. Host hasn't had a great season since he came back from injury. You, you've got quite a soft spot for him, though. I like you? Jacob Host a lot. Is it just because he announced he's signed for South whilst playing Among Us on Twitch? Yes. But, you know, uh, when he's fit and if he's playing well, it solves a lot of issues with South, with their rotation, with with everything else they're doing with all their other forwards. So I want him to do well. So I like that they've shown some faith in him by giving him a new deal. Jacob Host, future guy. Could big chance of that. Huge. It's just a poor guy. Justin Poor played Origin, but not that many Origins. Mm, hard to hard to say. Mm. You know what? I'm going to say yes okay. because his Origin career is sort of earmarked by that and by that, that brawl, that with, weird period where like the Blues picked a lot of players who they probably shouldn't have. Nah, he. I think he deserved to get picked at the time. He was playing good footy for mm. for Saints, but um, yeah, I don't know. But that's a that's a that's a question for another time. We'll have to take it to the council. Did they have dudes. Colin Best and Justin Poor at the same time? I want to say yes. That's pretty great. Yeah, that's good stuff. Best and poor. Best and poor. Awesome. All right. Do you have anything that you, you want? To, anything? Any irons in the fire you want to talk about? Um, just sort of read my stories. If you see them, guys, I've got a couple of fun ones coming this week. So just keep your eyes peeled and that's you know, true. Keep, keep paying your I taxes. accidentally mentioned one of them on the show, <laughs> which we then had to edit out. A little yeah. peek behind the kimono there. Oh, for I know. Just, just right. a glimpse. Just a glimpse for the for the real sickos out there. All right. Um, and before we get out of here, I'll give a quick thank you to the people in the top two tiers of our Patreon subscription service. If you want to be 
Uh, part of that, it is patreon.com forward slash rookies. Um, you know, we say this every week, but if you are a member of that, you get access to our Discord server. You get discounts on merchandise and you also get um, an extra podcast every week, Nick. A whole extra podcast. That's right. And, and Bungar will read your name out on the show and you can make your name whatever you want. And, yes. he's, and he's got to say it. He's on a bound. I mean, I have said say kick South out of the comp every week for like the past year and a half. So yes, <laughs> I am. Uh, Chris Avnell, Cry Ricky Cry, Dave, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Butsy, Chewbacca, Snuffleupagus, Dan Cullinane, David, Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer, Ed Burton, Frankie, Horsborough Scoresborough, Jace Felix Farmworth, Jason, Jez Plus, Joel Wrigley, uh, John, Kick South out of the comp, Kick West out of the comp, <laughs> which, is, which is a West fan. <laughs> Lachlan Hancock, lifelong Dolphins fan, Luke Charles Smidmore, Luke Ferguson, Matty Jenkins, Matthew Duggan, Michael Murray, Mr. Beefy, Morgan Watkins, my ding, ding dong is hard and I am sad, never trendy, party keg, uh, Pat McManus, Ray Stone Gossard, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Seymour Butts, Shunter, Simo Ty, TB, The Blacks, Vegetable, Thor, Tom Hardy, Was, and West Life's Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to everyone in the lower tiers and everyone who just listens. Thank you as well. Just... Terrific people up and down the board. Kick you know, West like, out of the court. Oh, God. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. Let him speak. All right. Uh, Camper, we did it. We uh, made it. If you're a patron, we'll be back on Wednesday. If you are not, we'll be back on Friday morning to recap that Thursday night game and preview a big Easter weekend of Rugby League. Say goodbye, Nick. Goodbye, Bertrand. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs>